Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. On the twelfth day of podcast, Todd prepared to wear Twelve leather jackets, eleven heavy hoodies, ten lighter sweaters, nine festive polos, eight cozy zip-ups, seven fancy vests, six fancier vests, five graphic tees, four pairs of jorts, three cargos, two fuzzy socks, and two Santa hats to cover each name. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph, and I'm not eating. (laughs) And I'm not eating French fries, Todd. And this week, (laughs) Paige made us watch Single Single All All the Way. way. And I I immediately have to correct myself, because as we were saying that together, Mikey has half of a burger in his hand <laughs> well i also mikey you know enticed me with stories about christmas cookie m&ms and then i never got to hear the end of it yes let's talk about it can you swallow first phrasing <laughs> okay you know what i heard it i'm sorry yeah my bad tell us about the christmas cookie m&ms a friend of mine who i work with they sent me their own instagram story because when him and i ride together it, it's one of the officers i ride with for the program we just pig the fuck out i mean like <laughs> we try different places to eat we talk about food i'm sorry so he sent me this thing and it was like christmas cookie m&ms try them they're amazing and then like i was like oh that sounds good but i was like i wonder what the texture is like i wonder what it is all like you know and then i i ended up working and with a different officer today and we ended up dropping somebody off at the crisis center and someone had them at the thing and i was like Hey, are those Christmas cookie M&M's? Like, yes, you must try them. They're delicious. And I only had like seven, but I want to go get a jumbo bag because they taste almost exactly like Christmas cookies. Are they kind of like Reese's Pieces, but instead of peanut butter inside, it's like cookie dough? No, it's not even chewy. They're like regular cookie texture inside the the M&M. Wait, what? Which is like a weirder thing, but also helped it because they're not soft and doughy. They're like real Christmas cookie texture. I don't know how to feel about this. I'm a very texture-based person. I don't think I'd like that. No, no, I, no. I prefer my cookies on the chewier side in general. It wasn't overly crunchy. Huh. It's not like a rice M&M. I do also like the rice M&Ms, though, and peanut M&Ms. It's less hard than those. It's like a mm. middle ground between like gooey flavor and like hard flavor, hmm. but it tastes just like Christmas. Interesting. <laughs> what does Christmas taste like, Mikey? It either tastes like peppermint chocolate, 
or sprinkle icing sugar cookies, yes. which is exactly what the M&M's taste like. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So do you guys want to talk about single all the way or? I don't know. Do you guys want to hear about my company Christmas party? I sort of yeah. do. Yeah. Tell me everything. I mean, I can't tell you everything, everything, but we had like a super crazy fancy company Christmas party where they like. Wait, 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 wait. What did you wear? I had a very fancy red velvet oh. tea length vintagey kind of looking dress thing. That's great. Whatever. What did Jake wear? <laughs> uh, a cognac colored sweater with kind Ooh. of like a like a mm. turtlenecky thing. It looks good. We oh. looked good. Oh, I bet y'all did. <laughs> but so there were like 300 people there, but we've all mostly been remote for like the last two years. Yeah. So like you yeah. know the few people that you've seen in person, but like you don't know most of the other people. But like you know people from online and so somebody that I worked with online that I don't usually work with in person asked me if something that they were serving like hors d'oeuvre wise tasted good and I was like and they were like I'd trust you with food and then put it back and she's right to trust you yeah (laughs) I was like I'm glad that this is the brand I've cultivated it was it was pretty funny it was like all right cool that's that's how people perceive me wonderful yeah go for it though that's great do you guys want to i didn't do anything christmasy this week (sighs) what have we talked about i know i'm so sorry i went to the dickens festival yeah we talked about that on horror virgin actually at the beginning of that episode this week because we recorded that the day you and i went to the dickens festival yeah well i have an addition to the stories Oh, I went back to the office mm. where I found out that none of my coworkers have ever taken an English lit class because somebody was like, how is Tiny Tom? <laughs> <laughs> no, please. And then I a mean, different person, a different person, <laughs> a, a supervisor I work with thought they like were going to talk mad shit to me. And they're like, did you see the whale? What? what? And I was like, the whale. I was like, are you talking about <laughs> the Moby, Moby Dick? Dick? Oh my god. And they were. And I was like, I feel sad for all of you. <laughs> the thing that makes me mad, Mikey, is I mean, and, and you're probably right, had they taken English lit, they would have known this. I can't remember anything from my English lit class, but I know Tiny Tim because of like pop culture. Like uh the The Muppets, the, the Muppets Christmas yeah. Carol. Like what? That's insane. I don't know. The Moby Dick one is wilder to me. That one's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, if you don't know Dickens wrote a Christmas carol, what are, what's wrong with you? Like, that has nothing to do with English lit. That's just I like, like picturing that the whale wrote the Christmas carol. <laughs> it took him a long time, Paige. He would blow the pages, the finished pages out of his spout. <laughs> and then we would catch them on the beaches and rush to publish them. Morally was dead. <laughs> <laughs> It's the whale of Christmas presents (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's how it starts, right? And then he talks about dead as a doornail I know, I know Dickens, it's fine Yeah. I wrote a paper on Moby Dick in college And it was comparing Moby Dick to Zoroastriologism And I like went all this detail And my professor was like This is completely wrong But you defended your argument well Nine out of ten Wait, Moby Dickens. Oh, I think I see how they got there. I actually do sort of love this. I mean, Moby Dickens sounds like that thing that Moby tried to write in his autobiography. And then Natalie Portman was like, nah. Do you guys remember that? I remember that very briefly. Yeah. When he tried to like lie in his autobiography and everyone was like, no. Everyone was like, no, I definitely didn't fuck Moby. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) 
So single all the way? Single all the way. So was this the first time you guys had seen it? Yeah, it was the first time I'd seen it. Yeah. Nice. I waited to watch it for y'all. It just came out this year, right? Yeah. yeah, it just it was one of the Netflix movies this year. So there's like hardly any fun facts also, but uh, this was something that people had really like people were talking about it in the Facebook group. I saw posts about it everywhere. And when I first saw like marketing for it, gosh, like six months ago, the way they had marketed it, they kind of gave like everybody like their own square on the like social posts and stuff. So it looked like it was like a multi-story kind of a thing uh about a bunch of different people being single and then it wasn't until i saw the trailer that i realized what it actually was and that it looked way better than they had like promoted it to be yeah it wasn't like a love actually it was like a one yeah. story yeah yes yeah i'm done with multi-stories i want one good story not 12 shitty stories well and love actually is a great example of 12 yes. shitty stories right and yeah. this is i don't know i don't like love actually i feel like it's a terrible movie that sets terrible examples but this movie mm -hmm. i loved i thought it was great <laughs> this is not a perfect movie there no, are still things that i have i take a little bit of issue with but i would say on the whole i love this movie yeah it was fun i love that and this is something we talked about last christmas when we did happiest season how it seems like we're getting a lot more gay representation but it all has to be coming out stories and this is not a coming out story at all which right. i love i love that we start from a point of this is a fully formed gay person with friendships, gay relationships, family relationships, and we're just kind of dropped into the middle of it. In a way, it is the it's the equivalent of what a a straight Christmas movie would be, but it is for gay people, which I kind of loved because I was like, yeah, you could this could I'll, be any Christmas movie. Yeah, if you replace the two male characters, if you replace one of them with a female and changed almost no dialogue, it would be the same. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, I mean, like, I am not a gay individual, but I would say that this is probably the most inclusive Hallmark movie I've ever seen. I think it's a decent movie for the inclusivity. Yeah, but it is still a Hallmark movie where like there's yes. like 40 minutes where you can zone out and text people yeah. and like build a gingerbread yeah. house and not pay attention and you're fine. Yeah, well, and th that brings me to like some of the things that I take a little bit of issue with with this movie because on one hand, I am kind of glad that we have gotten to a point of gay representation where they're allowed to make a movie as mundane as straight movies. That, I, mean, that's like, what, I mean, I was like, wow, this is yes. so inclusive. It feels just like a straight Hallmark movie yeah. I don't care about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like the second date he went on with the ski instructor, I, I blacked out. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> I, I do like, I do like all of that. The two biggest things that I was like, the number one, as someone who was single for a long time, I really hate when families make that the only thing they want from you and somehow struggle to have a relationship with you as just you, as opposed to really trying to pressure them into what they believe their relationship status should be. And I think that's but I also think that comes with the Hallmark movie territory like that. Yeah, that's exactly what these type of movies are. Well, I think I think there's that. And I do think there's a realistic thing where family want you to be happy, especially as you get older. Mm -hmm. And now ha happiness is not defined by your relationships, but they also want to make sure you're safe and taken care right. of. So they want you to have a partner who loves you or whatever. And so I think there's a fine line between pressure and like, man, I want that for you because I love you as my daughter or son or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I do think this family goes a little too far. I think the dad goes a perfect amount. <laughs> they go overboard. The dad, I think, is my ideal amount. I do love the dad uh -huh. in this movie. 
almost as much as snow plowman who's my favorite character <laughs> my second thing that i take a little bit of issue with is that they don't give nick much to do except chores yes yes okay so i had that problem too and i will say this it does seem like he wants to do them whatever but it does seem like the entire time he is there he is fixing shit or hanging christmas lights his identity is being a task rabbit yes it's, it's almost it's, like chris invited him over to his house for the holidays. <laughs> that's our friend chris who has invited us over a few times just under the guise of hanging out quote unquote and then i don't know what you've done mikey but like say example like you build a trampoline randomly so for you it was building a trampoline for me i went over there to quote unquote hang out and we replaced his bathroom sink so yeah i have been chris's task rabbit and he also uh back to the movie now he does take other task rabbit jobs while he's in town too because there's sort of nothing else for him to do, which I felt bad for him. Like, I would have liked for the family to include him more, which they do in some things. But sometimes he just has, like, a day of free time. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think that's kind of how it would feel, I think, if you went to, like, a random friend's house for, like, Christmas, Christmas. Well, and then they, they started dating somebody, right? So, like... But here's the thing. It's like they've established that this is not a random friend's house. Like, they've been friends for a long time. The family... Yeah, so the family's very comfortable treating you badly. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but I really wanted to see, like, maybe instead of him just having to like do tasks, and I think they kind of try to do this with the dad, but they don't quite succeed. I think I would have rather seen him spend some serious time with one or two family members and like really get to know them. Like, that's kind of his arc. I think it should have been the dad. I think you're right. Yeah. And I think it should have been the dad because they kind of lay some of the groundwork for that, where he and the dad really kind of do get along. And the dad is the one that really is kind of like, hey, I see the way that you care about my son and I want that for him. Yeah. Like he has the best kind of reaction to it. And so I think, yeah, I wanted more of that relationship. Although love Christmas Carol. I mean, <laughs> Kathy Najimi is who I probably want to grow up into and just make signs for everybody <laughs> at all times. I loved her because... When after my brother came out, my mom 100% read a book like that. <laughs> of course. My mother went through a similar journey when my sister came out. So she's like, I went and met your brother, all his gay friends, and they're so great. And, you know, <laughs> just because they're friends does not mean they date. Exactly. And I was like, yes. <laughs> As I have been informed many times. Yeah. yeah. I did text my brother and I was like, I would like you to meet any of the guys on this movie. Any of them are very, very nice. And would encourage you to be very, very kind. And I, and they you would bring out the Kathy Nujimi of your family. Am I Christmas Carol? Yes. Yeah. We already have been calling him Christmas Mikey <laughs> for two true. years. Christmas Mikey yeah. is in full effect. It's yeah. a tradition at this point. And he texts back, nice guys aren't my type. And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> oh, man. I've maybe talked to your brother once and I love him. But here's the thing, though. That's something that I really like that this movie does is that no one's truly a bad person in this movie. I was going to say There's no same Reese thing. Witherspoon in this film. Like, even the guy that he doesn't end up with is like, hey, it didn't work out. I can see that you guys have a connection and that's great for you. Great. Yeah. How unrealistic is that? I I've know. fully done that to people. Yeah, I, I don't think it's super unrealistic. I, I oh. would say towards the end of, of dating. I would be like, I hope you two die. Yeah. <laughs> Before I met my husband, I think I'd gotten to a point with dating where it's like, if you if it's not clicking and we're not the right people to be together, go in peace, have fun, whatever. There's tons of fish in the sea. 
I hope you're happy. I hope we're happy. Everybody's happy. Bye. And like no hard feelings. And I feel like it makes dating more pleasant overall. Like I know that sounds terrible, but to just be like, hey man, if you're not feeling it, then no, I wouldn't want to be with you because I want someone who's feeling it. So have a good time. Good luck on your search, you know, or whatever. And that's kind of what the guy does in this movie. I'm just like, that's right. That's the best attitude to have. It you is. It. Yeah. Not that you don't care, but sort of like you want them to be with someone who wants to be with them and vice versa. You want to be with someone who wants to be with you. Yeah. You want yeah. somebody all in. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, I think a lot of it is believing that you are worth someone who is all in. Yes. I struggle with that. I struggle with that, Paige. You got to believe that you are worthy of it, and you are. So let the people who are not able to give you the things that you need go in peace. Yeah. All right, Todd, go in peace. Oh, but I love you. <laughs> I had no you. idea you guys were in a cave relationship. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. <laughs> you should be surprised. I could do better. He says, well, <laughs> chewing French fries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, how could I not be... Just so charmed by that right there. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's tough. I have to look away sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's mainly because I'm grossed out. Because it's too much. I get it. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's get into the actual movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's jump into it. All right. So we open on a gay Santa photo shoot. Instantly love it. We're already in it. And they're advertising it looks like shaving cream. Yes, it is. Yeah, so this could have been gay or straight because like all shaving ads kind of look like that. Mikey, it's not straight. All shaving cream ads look like that. They do. He's this not wrong. This looks like Grinder is selling shaving cream. That's basically how. I mean, that's fair. I don't buy <laughs> shaving cream all that often. I could be wrong about this. Like all man shaving products look pretty much like this. Yeah, all right. So it's a bunch of shirtless Santas with shaving cream beards, like frolicking in front of trees. Uh, very fake trees, fake snow. I was like, this is a Los Angeles Christmas. Shirtless gay dudes, <laughs> fake snow. That's how we do. I got it. Like, I was like, this is probably a pretty effective campaign. I'm on board for this. Probably. Yeah. So we meet Peter, our main character, played by Michael Yuri, who whenever I read his name, my brain thinks Brendan Yuri oh, from Panic yeah. at the Disco. Every time. Same. Oh, yeah. So Peter, he is like the coordinator for the photo shoot. He's not really the photographer, although we find him taking pictures later. But it's more like he's coordinating and choosing the ads for the campaign. Yeah, it seemed like he was like the creative director. Like it seemed like it yes. was his job to come up with the idea behind the campaign and just make sure it was executed well. Um, and that's that's the reason he's at the shoot, right? And he he knows right. the shots he needs. That's why he's sitting behind that that screen, mm -hmm. looking at the dailies. Exactly. It was very much like America's Next Top Model, if you've seen that show. Yes. Where they're like behind the camera screen, or they're behind the computer screen, and they're seeing what the camera's yep. taking. Yeah. And they're just like fat shaming everyone, causing <laughs> eating disorders right and left, making girls put gaps into their teeth. Yeah. No, I've seen it. Well, I mean, male shaving ads, my chin does not look like that. It's not covered in shaving cream currently? I know. Those guys are very much strong chins. You know, I don't have a strong chin. You have a good chin, Mikey. You have a fine chin. Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. I've got an average chin, but those are like Henry Cavill chins. You know, they're like Superman chins. Oh, I hear he gives good chin. Yeah. <laughs> I could identify jawlines, I'm pretty sure, the same way as I did with pecs and shoulders. Yeah, I have a realistic Santa body, and people don't like that. I mean, they do if they're waiting a plate for gifts. Yeah, they do. And they want to give you their cookies, Mikey. 
But yeah, but literal cookies, which I would also take any time, you know. <laughs> are you going to be mad about somebody offering you cookies? I don't think you are, Christmas Mikey. No. I think that's exactly what you want. When you ladies come down to Mikey's Christmas tree lot to see if you're one of the lucky 17 winners of the scrapbooking contest, bring cookies. I forgot about the contest. <laughs> if you bring cookies, you might get milk. <laughs> I don't like that joke. <laughs> they do go to a Christmas tree lot in this movie. Yeah, they do all the things. They make hot cocoa. They go to a hot cocoa bar. They go to a hot cocoa bar specifically that's Christmas themed. Yeah. Why would it not be Christmas themed, though? Of course it's Christmas themed. Yeah. Who would have a hot cocoa bar that's not Christmas themed? Like year round. Oh, I assumed it was a pop up. I don't know. I, I thought it was like a spirit Halloween, but at Christmas time and coffee. I mean, oh my God. I'm do here they make for those? that. Yeah. Please make those. But Paige, when we do this, we're going to need you because you're our Mrs. Santa. Yes. And we'll need Jake. I'm bit, I've been preparing for this my entire life. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. Honestly, if we three just opened a Christmas-themed restaurant sort of thing, I'm all in on that. So he's talking to his boss after the shoot, headed home, and he's like, hey, we got all the shots we need, but I'm driving. I'm going to lose you in a tunnel and hangs up. Basically, it's how he's like escaping from a horrible phone call. And then we see him talk to his plants about basically like how they were there for him even after his last relationship ended or whatever. And we found out at the shoot that he has a boyfriend that he's bringing to a party. And it's like the first time he's ever brought a neurosurgeon, a boyfriend. And he's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. Now, when you meet him, did you guys immediately know he was married with kids? Yes. I did too. But mainly because he was the new boyfriend at the beginning of a like rom-com, right? I knew they would break up. I didn't know he was married with kids. Yeah, I, I think I knew he was cheating on him somehow. I just didn't know how yet. Yeah, I called married with kids just because that seems to me like that's like the worst way you could be cheating on somebody, I guess. So, well, let's table this for a second until we get to him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I have like a thing about that. So anyway, we, he, as he's kind of prepping at home, his roommate, Nick, comes home and we find out that Nick is a task rabbit and he has to kind of talk Nick into going to the party. And Nick is like, I don't really want to go. You're bringing your boyfriend. He's like, well, he can't come to later. So you should go. Fine. So they go to the party together and it is an all out Hollywood Christmas gay festivus amazingness it is awesome yeah and nick and peter very much function kind of like a couple in the this scene they're getting each other drinks they're moving together they know everyone together kind of as couples and it's not until the cardiologist sorry not not neurologist cardiologist yeah heart not brain right peter's boyfriend shows up that they then separate to kind of do their own thing at the party so when we kind of meet this cardiologist and they talk for a little bit. His constantly running to and from the hospital is why I assumed he was cheating, which that could very well be real. He could be going back and forth to the hospital, but I'm just like, he's skipping out a lot. But here's what I can't figure out. He agrees to go home with him for Christmas over like two weeks, like 10 days of Christmas. Yeah. And was going to like allegedly, allegedly air quotes, buy a ticket, go home with him, a whole thing. Sure. 10 days with a wife and kids. How was he going to pull that off? Do you think he was or do you think he was bluffing? I think he was bluffing. Yeah, he was never going to do that. Like he may have gone for two days and been like, there's a hospital emergency. I have to go back. 
Yeah. Oh, I just assumed that he was planning on breaking up with him before Christmas or before the trip. And he was just saying whatever he had to say to have a good night with Peter and then just blow him off, you know? We cut to, uh, he leaves the party because something happens at the hospital. Uh, we cut to the next day where Peter's kind of going through talking to his family, telling everyone he's coming home and that he's going to bring his boyfriend home. Or at least he tells his sister that he's bringing his boyfriend home. Yeah, I think he tells his mom it's a surprise or whatever. But yeah, he does tell his sister, though. Yeah, and he asks people kind of what they want for Christmas, this whole thing. We learn that his uh, youngest sister has like a makeup brand called Farm on My Face. Which is like the worst name for a makeup brand ever. Yeah, it's awful. And as he's doing this, he's walking through multiple stores at the outdoor mall blocks away from my house. Oh, yeah. Which was really strange. So we cut to Nick doing a task rabbit job where the woman who's hired him to hang her Christmas lights informs him that the guy that she usually hired fell off a roof hanging Christmas lights and now he's dead and fucking died. I was like, Oh, (laughs) his wife is currently going to be dating Zach Morris in a Hallmark movie. Here for it. She has to go out with him 12 different times. Anyway, her husband comes home while Nick is hanging the lights and lo and behold, holy shit. It is the boyfriend. Yeah. The cardiologist. I was like, Oh no. I also, here's something else I love. There is no debate as to whether or not he will tell Peter. He's like, Peter's my friend. He needs to know. So we immediately cut to Peter confronting the cardiologist about it. Yeah. And Nick's in the room. It's like he got home from that task rabbit job, told Peter and Peter called him immediately. And we're picking up in the scene as Peter's on the phone mm-hmm. with the cardiologist. I have a question. If, if one of your friends was cheating on their significant other, would you tell their significant other? Oh, one of my friends? Yeah, I would have a conversation with my friend. It would depend on how well I knew the the significant other, to be honest. Okay, that's a hard situation. That is a super hard situation. I feel like I definitely have a conversation with a friend. And if I was also very, very close with the significant other, I might basically tell the friend like, hey, if this doesn't stop or if you don't tell them, I'm going to tell them. Yep. Um, Thankfully, that has not happened to me. (laughs) It hasn't happened to me either, but I've been cheated on so many times that like I have a problem with that specifically. Yeah, I never tell Todd. (laughs) I'm kidding. It's never happened with Todd. I mean, it did happen with me though. Twice. I mean, I never, I was not involved in those situations. (laughs) Oh, you mean, do you think people knew and didn't tell Todd? Yes. Mm. I mean, we know Manny knew. Well, he was a mannequin that came to life at night. We can't expect him. I mean, he's got time constraints. He's, he's only from like alive for Egypt. a certain They did hours. things differently back then. Yeah, he would have had to pull your heart out and put it in a canopic jar. Whenever I would walk over there to like confront him, he would just turn immediately into a mannequin. Yeah, you can't look at him. What you should have done is walk <laughs> in on them and he would have been frozen inside of her. <laughs> I had the opportunity to walk in on them at one point. I just decided oh. not to, and I went home and started packing. I think that was a good decision. Yeah, so I just immediately drove home and started packing, and 10 days later, I was in Nashville. Well, I mean, I knew that was going to happen because of that pumpkins thing. Yeah, because Todd was just carving a <laughs> hole, and you're like, wow, trouble at home? Well, no, she was criticizing everyone's pumpkins. She's like, that hole should be smaller. <laughs> this is the dirtiest podcast. Back to this this movie. So Peter is obviously upset because they've been dating for four months and, you know. And he's married with children. He's married with children. And he does say 
because uh, he goes through, he's like, you've been lying to me, you've been lying to her, you've been lying to yourself. Never mind, I'm not going to judge your journey, but I can't live this way and I hope you don't do it to anyone else. The thing is, he is going to do it to other people, which is why if it were me, I would have called his wife, Todd Petty. There he is. I do know people who have done that. Yeah. I, I know somebody who, who found themselves in a very sim- similar situation and contacted the wife and they were like, again, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Like, girl, leave. But generally, that kind of thing is a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a different situation because of the sexuality part. But generally, cheating is a pattern. You mean that for for him, it would be twofold because he wouldn't just be telling her that he was cheating. He'd be outing him. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's what I'm talking about. And I don't know how he grew up or what kind of situation. Yeah. Like he said, I'm not going to judge his journey in that department. I still think cheating is bad. Yeah. I would have paid a woman to call his wife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and his wife is just like, oh, I told him only men. He can't cheat on me with women. That's true. We don't know if they had an arrangement. Yeah. And if he's bisexual and very open about that with his wife, that may be part of the deal for them. That may be the arrangement. Yeah. But you have to disclose that to your partner. No, absolutely. That's he true. should not have lied to Peter, even if that is the like polyamorous arrangement he and his wife have. That's yep. awesome. Good for them. But you need to tell everyone involved. He robbed from Peter to pay penis. <laughs> God damn you, Mikey. Holy shit. I mean, he robbed from Peter to pay balls. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have better jokes than that. So I think maybe we... I'm done. Well, that was uh, single all the way. Yep. I've ate my McDonald's and I'm ready to go to bed. Fun facts. <laughs> Anyway, so at this point, Peter's really bummed if he's packing to go see his family. And he does say this is the first time in the movie that he says, like, what if I just went and never came back? What if I don't like living in L.A.? Yeah. And during this conversation, we find out that of the men he's dated here, one of them faked having cancer. (laughs) Right. Just bonkers. But he basically says, like, I'll just be an awesome gay uncle and open a plant store. And I'm like, yes, like live, (laughs) like do it. Uh, But also it seems like he has unresolved feelings for Nick and we'll explore that through the rest of this movie. Anyway, he talks Nick into coming home with him for the holidays. And this is where we kind of learn a little bit more about Nick that he does the task rabbit thing. He's got a dog that he wrote a book about. That's like this kind of famous children's book. And he's kind of got all that money saved up. Yes. Yeah. Which was cool, but very Hallmark. There's a girl at my work who wrote a children's book that was very well received and she still works where I work. So it can't be that much money. (laughs) Well, maybe saving Emmett was way more popular than her children's book. Well, also, he is still doing TaskRabbit. That is true. Yeah. But it does seem like he does it because he enjoys the handyman aspect of it. Like, I didn't get the vibe that he needed the money. But, I mean, he might have. I don't know. He he might have. I mean, because he talks earlier, early in the movie about, like, you want me to buy a plane ticket today? That'd be so expensive. And so, and so I think, to me, it implied that he kind of needed the money. I think the implication is that Peter doesn't super, isn't super hard up for cash because he's got a fancy job. But then it does talk about that. Emmett has all this money saved, which I was like, living in Los Angeles? Good for you. Like, well, yeah, it sounds like he tax rabbit to pay his bills, and then he has all the book money just rolling into a savings account. Yeah, I mean, that could be. He does spend a chunk of it at the end, so. He does indeed. Although, I bet it's a lot cheaper there in New Hampshire than it would have been in L.A. So, that, that money probably went a lot longer of a way. Anyway, so they decide to go. They put the dog in the doggy hotel, although we don't see it. It's just implied. 
And we cut to them driving up to the house where he's like, we got to announce it to the whole family tonight. And we find out that he hasn't told his mom or anybody. The only person that really knows that the boyfriend was going to come was the sister. So they pull up to the house and Kathy Najimi is outside with a sign that says slay queen yes. as in like slay, like Santa say slay and then queen. And we find out that we're required to call her Christmas Carol because her name is Carol. <laughs> I have a flashback to my future, a flash forward, really, of like what I will be like as a as a patriarch. <laughs> it's Christmas and we're all celebrating. I do love that in this scene, it is established that you have to call her Christmas Carol. But later in the movie, she makes people refer to her that way. Like it is yes. a bit throughout the whole she thing. She corrects people. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah, way to commit to the bit. I love it. It's not a bit, it's a life. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of a couple Christmases ago when you were at my aunt and uncle's for Christmas brunch and someone told... Uh, a very off-color joke uh, and my aunt sn- like fist on the table like bang and then just like looked at my uncle and just went merry and bright and then went back to eating <laughs> and we laughed <laughs> at it for days so <laughs> Holy and so now shit. every once in a while while I'm home for Christmas my sister and I'll just turn to each other and be like merry and bright that's amazing that's kind of I the vibe that. I got from yeah uh-huh it's Christmas Carol <laughs> Because it's Christmas. I love it. I love Christmas mania. It's the best. It is. That's one of the reasons why it took me a long time to come record. Because in the McDonald's line, it was taking a long time. And I got to the window and she looked like flustered. And I was like, ma'am, are you okay? Are you having a good day? And she was like, let me tell you about today. And then (laughs) we talked for 10 or 15 minutes at the window. She's like, I'm one of two people here. I'm taking the orders, doing the food, putting the food in the bags. And I, I have one cook and me and people are yelling. And I was like, I can't believe it. I just don't understand. And she's like, people can cook at home. We're going as fast as we can. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, that sounds so frustrating and lonely. And I was like, I hope you're getting you know, paid. Are you okay? Like, I hope you have a great Christmas. And she's like, honey, you're just so sweet. And I was like, it was nice. I was just, you know, but you just got to be nice. It's Christmas. Yes. Merry and bright and able to leave <laughs> small McDonald's in a single bound. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I didn't get to see Mikey, like, active listening while chewing fries in this lady's face. It like, was 100% <laughs> happening. How do you still have fries? Because you've been eating fries. Like, how many fries did you order? Because McDonald's now has a thing for $3 called a basket of fries. <laughs> it's, like, this big, and there's just a lot of fries. I have not seen this at our local McDonald's. <laughs> Normally when Mikey goes in to get the basket of fries, the lady comes up and says, I may be a fry cook, but I'm not your fry cook. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I just, she looked stressed and I'm like, you know, I'm a helper. You're very, very kind. <laughs> I was just like, are you okay? And she's like, people are so mean. And I was just like, oh, that sounds so terrible. Like I, you know, like I knew you guys were busy when you took a long time to take my order. Like, it's not like you were trying to, fuck with me you're not gonna just be like i'm gonna make this guy wait for 20 minutes you would just take the order if you had full staff it's like that's how it works i mean yeah what do people think it's because people think that they're like the main character of the movie that is their life and they don't realize that they're just like another person Uh, but here's the thing i am a main character but you know who doesn't (laughs) give a shit about me going to get fast food in a line Fucking everyone, yeah, especially else. you listeners and viewers. Yeah. So she gives them fun antler earmuffs and brings them inside. And before they can tell her 
their lie that they're together, she reveals that she got a blind date for Peter. Yeah. She's like set him up on this blind date. And Nick is like fantastic because I didn't want to play along with this ruse. Right. I didn't yeah. want to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is great. I love that they set up this very hallmarky type premise. And then mm-hmm. immediately they're like, no, it's not going to be that. And then it's just right. a different hallmarky yes. type premise. But yeah. Right. I Because I've seen both the friends who fall in love and pretend to be the boyfriend kind of movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed the honesty. Same. I did too. Yeah. Although I think what we would have gotten if they had pre- pretended to be together the whole time is that by the end, they would have realized that they liked being together and that would have been the end of the, like we would have ended in the same place essentially. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you two want to hear about the blind date my grandmother set me up on? Yes, absolutely. I'm assuming she set you up with one of her friends. Uh, even weirder she had an in-home physical therapist i love this already i love everything about this and i come home from college for either thanksgiving or christmas break so this is a while ago maybe the first and only time i let my family interfere in this department (laughs) she's like my physical therapist has a daughter your age i'm gonna set you up on a blind date i said that's a terrible idea please please don't do that she gets the home phone, oh. calls his house. The home phone? Yeah. What was this date set up? 1985? <laughs> and it was like, hey, my grandson's home. He wants to take your daughter on a date. No, that's not how this happened. Yeah, what? that's not. And then put her on the phone and then handed me the phone. What? Okay, so you're talking to this person you've never met who only connection to you is that her mom does physical therapy on your grandmother. Her dad. Her dad. Oh, her dad. Sorry. Okay. And I was just like, fuck, what night are you free? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you did it? I fucking went, man. I was feeling what's like. So, I, I mean, like, wow. I go and pick this girl up. And granted, I know zero about her. Right. I don't know what she looks like. Right. And <laughs> I could cre- not create a more opposite person than me in a lab. <laughs> we were not. This is. Mikey, you're not going to have to tell us that you guys didn't work out. Like, we know you didn't work out. Do you picture me with, like, a goth person? (laughs) I do now. Yeah, I am right now. (laughs) She was, like, 2001 goth style. Hell yes. Was she the girl from the casket in that video with My Chemical Romance? No judgment. No judgment. (laughs) Of course, no judgment. We all went through that phase. We had, we, we both read books, so we talked about that a lot. Right. Because anytime we ventured off that, it was like, oh, okay. You're like, let's go deep on East of Eden because we've got time to kill. You like Steinbeck? <laughs> I don't think we could spend 20 minutes talking about Coffin of Filth, so, you know, or Cradle of Filth, sorry. Okay, so then we went to the movies. Oh, that's a good date for someone you don't want to be with. Would you see The Crow? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what we saw. I, it, it was some 2001, 2002. I think it was like one of, I think it was like the last Austin Powers movie. Nightmare Before Christmas? Austin Powers, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Santa baby, yeah. And then like, I am a gentleman. Like I've, I've committed to this date. Yeah. And so like mm-hmm. we go to the movies. I don't like her from the jump. I mean, as like romantically. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. She's a fine person, just not a love match. 
And right. I went to her house and picked her up because, you know, like classy. Because you're a classy yeah. Southern gentleman. Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, OK, we saw like an early movie. Do you want to like get food somewhere? I'm like, where's mm-hmm. your favorite restaurant? She's like, Sonic. All right. Fuck yeah. I mean, I like Sonic, too. But like, I mean, fine. I get down with some Sonic. That's a it fun game. It was fine. We had, you know, we had Sonic burgers in my car. And like, yeah, then I took her home. That's when I started asking people who want to set me up. Why do you think we would be good together? Which is <laughs> oh, a question. Yeah. That really trips up your friend group if you have people who like to set you up. Yeah. Because if the answer is you're both single, you should not go on that date. Mikey, do you remember when I was trying to set you up with that girl who was always at our group parties? Yeah. And when you asked me, why are you trying to set me up? I literally was just like, because I think it's funny. That's a different reason. And (laughs) objectively, it would have been kind of funny. It would have been very funny. Yes. I thank you for telling us about your Christmas goth date. I enjoyed that very much. And she was a lovely girl. We just didn't connect. (laughs) You didn't have many thoughts about children of Bodom. Got it. Got it. She was like, do you like Coheed and Cambria? I was like, I like Creed. (laughs) I bet you did at that time. I bet you did. Uh, I also have, have been around enough people for people to be like, Coheed and Cambria is for people who like aren't really in the scene, but like they just like think they like heavy metal. I'm just like, okay, dude, I don't give a fuck. I know. Anytime <laughs> someone started a conversation with like X and X of something is for people who I'm like, oh, this conversation is where the proportion of my interest in it because you're talking some gatekeepery bullshit. So I'm backing away slowly <laughs> and never talking to you again. No, I like gatekeeping. Just gatekeep everything. <laughs> Mikey, why do you have to gatekeep gatekeep? Gatekeeping. No one's a good gatekeeper except me. Like, you think you're a gatekeeper, <laughs> but you're not. Look, you're a gatekeeper, gatekeep. but I am the key master. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so the blind date is James, and it's her trainer at the gym. But it is fully one of those things where it's like, he's gay, you're gay, you should be gay together. <laughs> it's like, it's not exactly the... Mm. I mean, he really should have asked Mikey's question of why do you think we'd be good together? Well, and truly the answer is he's the only other single gay guy in town. Yeah. Just not a correct answer. No, it's but not. he is a pretty good dude. No, he's yeah. great. I think he's a great character. But like, I mean, that is not a basis for a relationship, right? No, it's not. It's just the truth. And it's truly because they want him to move back. It is. Right. Yeah. And they don't describe any of his great characteristics. They basically are just like, he's gay too. He's gay too. Also, fucking hot. But, you know, whatever. Well, they don't even say that. I know, because she doesn't even have pictures of him. So as this is all happening, his dad immediately has... Nick start doing chores around the house, fixing yes. all kinds of stuff. And this is the one time I feel like his dad Volan tells him to like fix the pipe yeah. or whatever. Oh, and there's that like euphemism about why don't you ask me to help with your pipe, dad? And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, we don't assume you can do it. But also sons and fathers should not pipe handle together. No. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. We cut to Nick helping his dad with the pipe downstairs where he tells him that he learned everything he knows from YouTube and HGTV, which his dad is like, is that homosexual gay TV? And he's like, yeah, kind of. (laughs) He's like, it's not porn, is it? And he's like, well, (laughs) it's house porn. In its own way. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to later that night where Nick and Peter are basically talking about the blind date and how he doesn't want to go. And Nick is kind of just like, you should go. Like, what would you rather have had happen? And he's like, well, I kind of, I'm still bummed they didn't get to bring home a boyfriend, like a real boyfriend. And he's like, oh, so a week from now, you could tell them that he was married. And like, like you would have found out and then you would have had to tell your family and that would suck too. So like, maybe try this blind date out. 
Yeah. It's going to be fine. I mean, as far as like the worst thing that could have happened, going on a blind date is much better than having to tell your family that your boyfriend is actually married and has kids. We cut back downstairs as everyone else is kind of coming in. So his sisters are there, their husbands, their kids. And his older sister, Lise, has like two teenage daughters who would have absolutely been my sister and I at Christmas, just like <laughs> creeping around corners, talking shit. Like yeah. <laughs> That's who we were. And then there's two younger um, brothers. So like his younger sister has two boys that are yes. kind of younger who love Nick's book. Saving Emmett. Yeah. The one thing I did think was sad was we don't get Emmett. Like they didn't bring Emmett with them. They had to put him in the doggy mm-hmm. hotel, which I realize dogs don't know it's Christmas. Like I get that. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I would have wanted my dog with me. I, I was just like, oh, I don't want to leave my dogs on Christmas. God knows I do. The second you said dogs don't know it's Christmas, my brain just went like, dogs don't know it's Christmas time at all. You cannot fly your dog across the country comfortably. I mean, there are ways to do it, but it is difficult. Yeah. I mean, but this would have been the reason I did not go. So we're bringing McCready with us for a week. Are you driving? Yeah. Yeah, McCready doesn't mind the car. Guess whose dog is going to Doggy Hotel for Christmas? (laughs) It's the best Christmas gift you could give yourself, Mikey. There you go. <laughs> but your dog is a lot, like a lot. My dogs are like, they're great, you know? Well, we don't know really Emmett's deal. That's true. Emmett might be a lot. Dogs don't know no, it's Christmas, Christmas time at all. <laughs> Although I will say this about my dog, Pupcake. She does, I, I, I'm sure she can smell it, but like we'll, we'll wrap like bones and stuff. And she will sit by that box christmas morning until we let her open it and she opens it she'll like dig at it and like i'll i'll post a video because we got a video of her last year doing it it is the cutest thing ever anyway so we also (laughs) we also find out that uh his sister owns the only pub in town and that everyone is kind of like they all know nick they all love nick they've all kind of assumed that he and nick were going to get together and they have all moved like Regardless of what they did out in the world, they've all come back home and they all kind of live close by. Yeah. Um, We also, this is kind of where they're having dinner and they're talking about the Christmas pageant that's coming up. And so we're kind of hearing about their Aunt Sandy who moved back from New York City and wrote her own Christmas pageant and she's a whole hell of a lot. And we find out pretty quickly as she walks in and it's Jennifer Coolidge who is like half in the bag and covered in glitter. (laughs) I love her so much. It's amazing. Oh, that must be Aunt Sandy. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly. But basically, this whole family is kind of a lot. And now everyone knows about the blind date. Yeah. Because he accidentally kind of let it slip. And people are kind of split on it. We kind of, we don't find out immediately. People kind of break off into their own like little factions. factions. And the first people I think are the two little cousins, his sister's daughters, or the two little nieces who are just like, I think they should be together. Yeah, same. And then they just go back to texting and glaring at everyone. And I'm like, yes. yes." These little girls who I can't age because most of the movie they look nine until they dress them up. And then I'm like, are they 20? No, those girls are clearly like 16 and 14. Yeah. Yeah. When they just about the Kardashians, I was like, oh, weird. Yeah. I love the let's discuss this together later. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. I love that there is yeah. plotting afoot. Plotting afoot. No, I, I clocked them at, at somewhere between the ages of 13 and 17. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so, too. There's that one scene creeped me out. I was like, this is unnecessary. 
Well, and I think that's why they immediately take them out of it. And everyone's just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I firmly feel like that was another way of like pointing out how inappropriate Aunt Sandy is because that was her idea, right? Yes. Uh, they go into the next room where they basically first see the mom's white Christmas tree. She got a fake tree. Right. And it's cool and modern. And we find out that Aunt Sandy has stolen two of the stars for her earrings. <laughs> I love that so much. I also love how everyone reacts honestly in this scene. They're like, mom, we hate it. It's terrible. Instantly. Yeah. Where's the real tree? Where's our ornaments? Yeah. Which I wouldn't care if my mom got a fake tree, but I would like, I mean, can we put our ornaments on it that we've always put on it? You know, that, that part of it i think would make me a little sad my my parents kind of they they alternate so like this year it's like fancy glass restoration hardware ornaments uh which is why we have a hotel for us and the cat <laughs> because we're like we're not gonna test that one out yeah <laughs> a lot of restoration hardware ornaments broken on the ground around the tree <laughs> if you don't do that yeah shattered glass presented by restoration hardware um so, expensive ornaments yeah, but they switched to a fake tree a while ago, and then sometimes they put our ornaments on it, sometimes they don't. But back before Aaron and I moved out, when we had kind of a bigger house, they would do three trees, like one real one and then a couple fake ones. I have five fake trees in my house right now. <laughs> All of them Honestly, are decorated. Yes. I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah. I want this life. Yeah, I want that. I want the eggs, Abraham Lincoln. I want all of it. Eggs, Abraham Lincoln. Um, we have one in the main room, one in our bedroom, one upstairs, one in the kitchen, and one in the bathroom. And the kitchen and bathroom trees are like small. You set them on a counter mm-hmm. type tree, but the rest are like full six foot trees. Oh, I wasn't counting the counter trees. Yeah, I don't know how many of that. I mean, there's probably four or five of those in that house right now. Yeah. Anyway, how do your cats do with those? So we have two cats that like to eat the flocking off of the two flocked trees. Good for them. No, it is not, which is why it's a constant like me policing them while I'm like working from home. I'm like, story, stop eating the tree. (laughs) Anywho, we cut to the next day and Nick is knocking on Peter's window from outside because he's helping his dad hang the Christmas lights. He's waking him up to make sure he gets to his date on time. Yep. Uh, so he tells him to get dressed and get cute. We cut to the gym where he's waiting for the date and he's looking at photos from the shoot the day before. And he's like, I don't really like them. And then we cut to the his mom comes out because their class is just let out. Yeah. And this is when we first meet James. And he is a snack like (laughs) actually no he's the whole damn meal (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say he's like the uh christmas cookie m&ms he's a snack he's a snack he's a snack he's and he's an aquarius according to kathy najimi i was like oh i'm an aquarius Mm. that explains everything it does i don't know what it explains i was like i don't know what you're trying to say because this guy's great I don't know if it has any bearing on anything. I took it as Kathy Najimi trying to be like, gays care about astrology, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is an interest of yours. And then being like, what? Um, Anyway, they decide to go grab a cup of coffee from Mrs. Claus's coffee shop, which appears to be a year round Christmas themed coffee shop. Which would I'm kill. In. I'm going to say I that. I would go. That'd be my go-to coffee yeah. shop. Imagine if Starbucks had pumpkin spice lattes year round and then picture it as a Christmas village with Mrs. Santa there who also made like peppermint themed lattes. Like you would go. And they always have the McRib. <laughs> no, I'm good. 
I don't trust the McRib. I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't like it. Well, anyway, so they they have kind of a fun little meet cute first date. He ends up snorting hot cocoa because he like gets kind of like surprised as he's drinking while they're talking. Yeah, because he's like he comes on to him. I don't know if you've ever accidentally had hot coffee come out your nose, but like 100 percent. It's hurt. Do not recommend. It hurts a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But they both end up laughing the foam onto their faces in various ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, the first time it's because uh, Peter's talking about how like or sorry, Peter's date. I can't remember Peter's date's name. James. Yes. James is talking about how like Peter's mom is telling him all these amazing things. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure it's all half truths. Right. Like if if Mm -hmm. all of that was true, I'd be the most attractive funniest charmingest person he's like well maybe you are and that's when he's like oh oh god (laughs) he like shoots all the stuff on his face now besides that three seconds this is still a hallmark movie where the scene is like 10 minutes long and i have no the fuck idea what they're saying the whole time honestly we just find out about kind of who james is and (laughs) why he lives there because he really is the only single gay guy in town yes like that that's it and so we find out that he's a ski instructor and he was kind of doing the ski instructor thing for fun but then liked it so much he moved up there so that he could be a personal trainer because he was commuting between there and Boston. Yeah. Which it's implied is like 46 minutes away. So they, they kind of bond over there not being much of a gay scene in town. That's kind of why Peter moved away. And that's kind of why he's the only person that he could be on a blind date with. But they have a good time. They go to a tree farm and get a Christmas tree, like a real Christmas tree. Yeah. And they find a way to get it on top of the car. We cut back to the house where they're having a Christmas wrapping party. Yeah, you say that, and they do phrase it as a Christmas wrapping party, but they're like all in different rooms wrapping presents. It's not really a party. No. No, it's the thing where everyone didn't have time to wrap anything, so they just brought all their gifts there, and then everyone's wrapping their stuff the day before Christmas. Yes. But they did have time. They just are forced to do this now as a tradition. Right. Christmas Carol makes them not wrap their gifts until that day. Because we are like five or six days out from them having to... Yeah. That's strange. Anyway, so they're now doing this tradition and they send Nick in to go get wine and find out what mom is getting everyone. And of course it's signs. Yeah, everyone gets a sign. No, the DVD of the movie Signs. But then on the back (laughs) it just says live, laugh, love. (laughs) I did think it was a weird choice to make his mom billing vol, but like everyone gets a sign. Well, okay, so this is, okay, you're straight dudes. I don't know if you know this. There is a thing and it it implies in the movie that his mom is doing it in her craft room, which means she probably has a cricket crafter. Go Carol. Cricket crafter, way to greatness. But there's a thing now where you can go to like, you know how they used to have those like wine and paint parties? Yes, I've done one of those. In fact, I've done one of those too. I painted a really awesome picture of my old cat that way they do those for signs now so like if you want your house to look like an hgtv house you can do them with signs and it's kind of the best because it's it's like impossible to fuck up like they make it so easy because it's all stencils yeah and then they're just like do you want champagne (laughs) paint these stencils you dumb 30 year old bitch you can't stay inside the lines like do it and then you and your girlfriends just sit and gossip and stencil and then at the end you have a like wood thing that's like merry christmas and it's like way more fun than it needs to be mikey let's go do this immediately dude i've done it like three times i I, I enjoy it quite a bit i'm pretty good at it i don't drink but like i'd go honestly i i don't either so i'm just there with Lacroix, like and she said what stenciling (laughs) stuff 
<laughs> like drinking your LaCroix up? Yeah. Yeah, just... <laughs> what? <laughs> it's super fun. Find your local board and brush. Why does your board say I'm a basic bitch? I'm sure you could get them to make one that says a basic bitch, but most of them are like, you know, this family founded this yeah. date or yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. so and so and so. The kind that you would buy it like i don't know hobby lobby or some shit if you shop at hobby lobby but i don't i don't either because they were stealing those artifacts and they hate gay people and they won't give birth control to their people but like <laughs> i literally like natalie and i had the conversation of like oh we're never gonna shop at hobby lobby again honestly it's no different than a michael's or a joann's no i mean and there are there are plenty of like hobby lobby allegories that you can go to and not have to yeah. give them money so like we just do that or get LaCroix drunk and make your own signs. Yes. And listen, that is preferable anyway. What if you have bad handwriting? It's it doesn't matter because it's a stencil. Yeah. Yeah. It's all stencil. I've not met a project I can't screw up. Or if I come to Nashville, because <laughs> yes. I'm sure there's one in Nashville. Oh, I'm sure yeah. there is. We can make signs because you both have new homes and you need live, laugh, love signs or whatever. Only no. if we can also make a candle at the candle bar. There's a candle bar? Yeah. Where you pick your flavor and yeah. what the candle looks like. I'll make container. candles with you, Mikey. Yes. I took my mom once. Can I, can I come? No. no. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, fine. Uh, Yay! This is very much my childhood because I was the youngest brother. <laughs> so they were like, no. And my dad would be like, take your brother. And I'd be like, hey. Oh. Paige and I coming at you for the candle bar and Todd is here too. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I do like that Peter's sign says bloom where you are planted. Yes. I think that's very fun. It's definitely tied to his story for the movie. Oh, yeah. And that definitely is going up in there in his shop later on in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut back to his date with James. They end the date. He drives home with the new tree, but he's going to stop and get wine on the way. Meanwhile, they're out of wine at the house because this movie goes through so much wine. Like Jake was kind of half watching this in the background as he was rearranging some stuff in the kitchen. And he was just like, how much wine are they drinking in this movie? And I was like, a lot, dude. Like Depending a lot. on the family, it can be a lot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because when I drink wine, it's like a bottle at a time. I mean, I I can't drink wine anymore. The The last time I had a glass of wine, it made me extremely sick the next day. But back when I still drank regularly, I could put away a bottle of wine by myself easily. A bottle of wine seems like a lot. Is that not it's a lot? It's only four glasses. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I've never had alcohol, so I have no idea. So like, It's only four glasses and it doesn't have that high of an alcohol volume. So you can drink, in my experience, you can drink a lot more wine than you can like a mixed drink like i couldn't have four old fashions no, and be the same four. as <laughs> yeah i mean but i'll be shit face but like yeah exactly you know, like I, can, I could drink anyway. a bottle of wine and still be pretty much okay okay no, i'll still be shit face because then i'll have four old fashions yeah so wine's your gateway drug <laughs> wine's most people's gateway drug <laughs> yeah okay but some people drink a lot of, like i'll drink a couple of glasses of wine i'm not so i don't have that struggle like i don't go down that road i made some jokes but you're like some people when they open a bottle they're like i'm drinking this bottle and i'm like you may be having a little bit too much wine and i feel like this family's there like yeah. they're definitely day drunk grabbing these gifts yes they're well because they're all day drunk though like it's yeah, a collective like day people. drunk yeah and there's children which are like hey do you as long as the children are safe you cool yeah anyway so 
he does this whole thing of like they have to distract the mom to try and get the real tree up and she's kind of like bummed about it and the way that he kind of sells her the new tree is like oh i got it on my date with james and because it went well hooray but he sort of also like treats it like he brought a dog home that he wants to adopt he's like i'll take care of it i'll make sure it's fine i'll clean the pine needles up it's fine i'll put it at the christmas tree hotel it'll be fine uh he does get a text from james that they're gonna go skiing tomorrow ask if he wants to yeah and and the dad i think kind of immediately knows that nick is uncomfortable before nick even really knows he's uncomfortable which i kind of liked yeah where he's like hey help me take the fake tree to the garage and in the garage he's like what do you think about this black like blind date thing how is this going for you yeah and and literally after this conversation the dad is full team nick with the two daughters the two um yeah you know oh yeah the nieces yeah. yeah the nieces and and he basically says he's happiest when he's with you and we've never met another boyfriend because they don't last long you lasted because you're happiest together it was super sweet i loved it it's so sweet well and it's also him being like we love you yeah. because you make him happy so like you've got our backing basically yeah. <laughs> and then of course the the nieces were like hiding and they're just like yes we heard and we agree so we cut to the next day when Peter's getting ready to go on his date and Nick comes like straight out of the shower. Yeah. Like only wearing a towel, only wearing a towel. Yeah. And Peter's distracted trying to like put on his old ski clothes and he's kind of like, well, maybe I just won't go. And Nick is like, no, go have a good time. I'll hang with the family. It's all going to be great. Well, the reason he didn't want to go is because his old ski outfit was like from back from when he was like still pretending mm-hmm. to be straight or whatever. And he was like, I look right. ridiculous. And Nick just sort of build him up. He's like, no, you look great. If he can't handle a throwback outfit, he's not for you anyway. Just go have a good right. time. You know, Nick is, yeah. I think, solidly in supportive friend mode because mm-hmm. he's put himself there and he is comfortable there. And yeah. he's yeah. honestly a great friend throughout this whole thing. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about this movie is it explores it for both of them where they're both in supportive friend mode because it is the lowest stakes. Yes. Yeah. Because if they don't take a chance on each other, they can't lose each other. Right. Anyway, we cut to the pageant rehearsal where Jennifer Coolidge is like on one. Fucking awesome. She is wine drunk throughout the entire movie. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> we cut to the ski date between James and Peter. And he's talking about Nick basically the entire time. Yeah. Red flag. Yeah. We cut back to the nieces and Nick and they're like, you've got to give him something for Christmas. And he's like, we don't do that. Yeah. We don't get each other gifts. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're like, we don't even like him that much. And we got him something. And then they were like, were we supposed to get him something? And she just says, mom's just putting our name on something. I love that so <laughs> I much. I loved it so much. Because they are at that awkward age where it might be time to start buying gifts yourself. Right. But they might also right. be just a little too young for that. You like sort of don't know. So that joke plays really well. I loved yeah. it. I got the impression that like they're old enough to understand that they should be getting gifts for people, but they probably don't have money. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we cut back to the date and Peter is kind of talking about both Nick, but also thinking about moving back to New Hampshire from L.A. Yeah. We cut back to the house where Nick is reading to the younger kids. He's reading his book to them. Yeah. The nieces have kind of conspired where they're just like taking pictures of him hanging out and doing family stuff and sending them to Peter. On his date. While he's on the date. Yeah. They're very good at what they're doing. (laughs) 
They're very, very good at being up in people's business yeah. to a problematic degree. And we also get a scene where he's reading to the younger, uh, younger nephews. And they're like, when did you guys get married? And they're like, well, we're not married. We just lived together. And it's him trying to explain to them like, oh, we're just roommates. We've been friend for a long, friends for a long time. And they're like, I don't understand. <laughs> and this is where they kind of give him the idea for a sequel and it's Emmett at the hotel during Christmas. Yeah. And they're like, and uncle Peter will pick him up with you. And this is just like all niece and nephew collusion to try and make this happen. Yeah. I do think those nephews were coached by the nieces. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we cut back to the skiing date where they finish skiing. They're having a good time. They end up kissing and he invites him to kind of like, go hang out after yeah he says no he's gonna go back for family stuff and do i think pageant rehearsals and things with the family yeah so he drops him off back at home i'm obsessed with his car it's like a woody station wagon but like a classic one Mm -hmm. obsessed so (laughs) nick almost ambushes him outside and as they're outside just kind of talking about how the date went inside the entire family's like what are they saying can't you see the chemistry between them and it's like the whole family yeah like peering out the window yeah i do like that the mom comes up and now we really get the two factions right mom is very pro james the blind date guy and Mm -hmm. it seems like almost everybody else is very pro nick and i do like that the mom is even like listen i love nick we've tried the whole nick thing it just they're only friends and since i've read that one book that i have i know (laughs) that that is something that they can do which i thought was very cute but i also like that the mom's like not anti-nick she loves nick it's just that Mm -hmm. it it's been eight years it hasn't happened so like she assumes that it's never going to happen. And also at that point, mom's invested for her setup to work. Oh yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like mom has tried the, the Nick thing before and it didn't work out. Well, I think it's also because they have pressured the Nick thing for a long time and he is always, Peter has always said no. Yeah. And so I think in a way this is mom being like, I'm respecting what he said. Yeah. I think so too. And going on that. Yeah. So anyway, but those are the two factions. Yeah. And outside we kind of see... Peter talking about maybe I think I want to move back here, but he doesn't really include Nick in that conversation at all at all because they're just friends and roommates. Like I understand both of their reactions to this. Right. Yeah. And he says, what do I actually have in L.A.? A job I don't love. Everything is overpriced. You're the only person I love in L.A. Yeah. And at this point, he says, I would really miss you. And he just kind of keeps going with it. Yeah. And as they're talking Aunt Sandy shows up in a taxi. Did you catch the taxi driver's name? I love that she knows the taxi driver's first name. Her first name is Trish. Oh, is it? Oh, shit. She's just a fun-loving taxi water spirit named Trish. Oh, boy. (laughs) Secretly played by Reba McIntyre. Oh, my God. I wish Reba McIntyre would secretly play things in every movie where her name is Trish. I love it. So Jennifer Coolidge comes home. She is a mess. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She is a mess. And she changes the Christmas calendar. So there's like a calendar in the foyer that they keep changing. And so it's it's, more like a countdown than a calendar. Yeah. So it's like eight, seven, six, five. And then she puts a 10 up. So it goes from five to 10 because she's like, we need more time. I mean, I got the impression that she did that because she thinks she's a 10 and she wanted Christmas (laughs) to know it. I love that. (laughs) I love that for her. That was my reading of it. Listen, I'm into it. Into it. So she shows up, but she basically comes in and tells everyone that the 
the pageant is a giant load of crap on a stick and not in a good way. <laughs> and I just love that everyone's like, what's the good way? <laughs> like, right? what that? And she says, well, it's not a crap on the floor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this? And at this point, the family conspires to have Peter and Nick help her with the pageant yes. to make them spend more time together. Yeah. Even though everyone's like, well, they live together. <laughs> like, I don't know how much more time. Yeah, I do like that it acknowledges like, you know, they've lived together for years. Is <laughs> five more minutes going to matter? Well, and they're like, it's five minutes in a new environment. Well, that's stretching it. Yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, they get voluntold to do the pageant. But listen, it works. So who's wrong? It does work. Yeah. But on the flip side, no one else wants to do the pageant anyway. So this kind no. of this is like a win-win situation for the rest of the family. Okay, quick question. Did you guys think that this was like a show they put on for the entire yes. town? Because I thought it was like they were just doing a pageant for themselves. Like I was no, shocked. No. When people showed up. No, it's for the whole town and it's like yearly, clearly. I, I thought it was like their local community center or something like that. But it was mostly their family. I was shocked when people showed up to that. I was too. Well, especially because up. like, as far as we know, there's no church connected to it. Like we were in Christmas pageants every year growing up, but it was because church did them or school did them. And so like. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That's, this seems to be a family based one. Right. But it does look like it's just at the community center or something like that, which is not that weird. They just like reserved a room on Christmas Eve at like the YMCA and then they invited 80 of their friends. Or there's a local one and, and she's like in charge of the local one and it's a small enough town that nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they give enough of a shit to show up and that is what blew my mind that's what matters well i mean it is it takes place on christmas eve yeah right i think so yeah i mean i guess sometimes people need things to do like my sister <laughs> my sister kept doing the, the church christmas pageant for a long time and they would have shows on christmas eve and they'd be fucking packed like yeah I mean, okay usually my family just plays board games yeah. All right, well, if you're in the Nashville area and your family is putting on a Christmas show, Mikey and I want to come to it. There's probably a shit ton of Christmas shows in Nashville. I'm sure. I bet. I had a, a sorority sister who she and her family were their own gospel band and they used to put on Christmas shows and they were fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, I understand why people would go to an amazing show page. This show is not amazing. It is not amazing. Right. I do like the glitter stars, um, but this next... <laughs> if I was going to go to any show, it would be Vince Vaughn's Christmas pageant show. Swaddle that baby! <laughs> that woman, woman cannot swaddle Jesus! <laughs> so the, we cut to the next day they're at the pageant rehearsal this is the one where she's like i'm doing everyone's lines and i'm like oh i would pay top dollar <laughs> oh to see to her see, one woman nativity show her one woman nativity yeah. show i would yes. watch any one man show nativity i love it I, I was like oh can this be the show like is this gonna turn out to just be her shining moment where they're like she really can act i don't think anyone said that in this movie nope I was hoping for it, though. I do love how truly bitter she is that she was the understudy in that thing she was in off-Broadway or whatever. She was in Little Shop of Horror. She was the understudy for Audrey. Yeah. I, and she likes, yep. she mentions the person who played Audrey by Ellen name. Green. Yeah. She can be my understudy. Yeah. For this local community nativity <laughs> shit you're putting yeah. on. Sure. I'm sure she doesn't have better things to do. 
Well, and the fact that she's like, we could tour nationally. I was like, with a child's nativity program? <laughs> like, you're lucky one of them didn't take a shit on the stage. Like, the fact that that didn't happen means it's better than most, but like, what? We don't have any animals on stage. It would have had to have been one of the people on stage taking Oh, I'm shit. sorry. I don't know how many Christmas pageants you've done, Todd. Plenty of children have shat on stage, too. <laughs> I was assuming it was one of the adults, and I was like, this is not UCBLA. No one was going <laughs> to shit on this stage. I mean, all I'm going to say is never work with children or animals. Because <laughs> <laughs> children are animals. I mean, one time I was in choir and a kid in front of me threw up on stage in the middle of a performance what? and they just took him off stage and we all kept singing. Oh, with the throw up on the stage. On the riser, yeah, on the choir oh, riser, yeah. Gross. Yep. Mikey would probably have something to add if he wasn't texting somebody right now. I don't He's texting me. Poop and throw up stuff on stage is not something I'm engaging in right now. <laughs> Let me add to it. Ooh, nasty. There you go. Edit that shit in. <laughs> I will. And I'm going to laugh about it when I listen to the podcast later. <laughs> and you're not going to ever know what's in there. I'm just waiting for you to have enough sample of my voice where I don't even have to be on it. You just type out my scripts and it goes in like, ha, 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 I am Mikey Dick Joke. <laughs> I like how the I like how the program Mikey is not smart enough to make up a dick joke. It just says dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> Insert dick joke here. <laughs> I'll still write the dick jokes for the program. Anyway, so she does her one woman show. Uh, Peter pulls her aside and is like, I think we can help you here. <laughs> and so we get a montage of them like building sets, rehearsing, doing costumes and decorations. We cut to them at Mrs. Claus's coffee shop where they're like bribing the children to learn their lines with cookies. And he gets a text from his boss that they don't want any of the photos that he took right before he left town. He needs new ones. And he's like, um, everyone's away. I'm away. That's impossible. And his boss just hangs up. Yeah. So his boss is more or less like, I don't care how you do it. Just get it done. Just get it done. Yeah. How are you going to publish an ad campaign two days before Christmas if it's a Christmas campaign? You fucking can't. No, I mean, that campaign would have been running since November, whatever right. Thanksgiving is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, you mean this campaign for Christmas of next year? I, we have plenty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have taken weeks for people just to agree on the sentence that it says at the bottom of the ad. Like, I sat in a meeting earlier this week about the differences between the shapes of buttons. And it was like yeah. a serious meeting with actual, like, data that had been collected from surveys <laughs> and i was just like yeah for the shape of buttons huh anyway <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the house where they're basically talking through what they want for the campaign where they want real people uh which and i love that he says real people which by the way still means models it does <laughs> yeah no i love that so too great yeah that's so i was like that's so true <laughs> so they decide that they're going to take some pictures of nick because he could be a model. He's a 10. He and so 10. they go out and just take some pictures of him and Nick in the snow. And it's very, very sweet. It is sweet. This is like, the, I feel like the first time where I didn't see them as just friends. Like I, I yeah. definitely could see them together. Right. Yep. And his phone buzzes, but it's James asking him to go out on a third date. And he tries to invite Nick and Nick's like, no. Nick is like, I don't want to be the third wheel. And Peter's like, oh, you wouldn't. He was like, no, I literally would be. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very true. And he has a task rabbit job to take instead. So right. we cut to the cousins or nieces have realized what's happened, that there's a third date happening and that he's going to be at their parents bar. So they call ahead to the bar so that their mom can sabotage the date. 
Meanwhile, they go chase down Nick at his task rabbit thing. So cut to the date at the bar and he's talking about Nick the entire time. And James, ac- James actually brings it up. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, you talking about Nick a lot. Well, I mean, this is the third date and it's the third time that they've been talking about Nick the entire date. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's is his best friend, roommate and person who came home with him for Christmas. I mean, but also if you go on a date with someone and they're talking about someone yeah. of, a, of a gender they are attracted to like that. Yeah. Potential red flag. Yeah. I would assume that they want to be with that person. And I think James does. <laughs> I think, it, I think yeah. this is when James is like, oh, this is probably not going to work out. Mm-hmm. But James does shoot his shot later, which is fine. He does shoot a yeah. shot later, although not before Peter's sister spills an entire burger on him. Oh, well, yeah, because mm-hmm, his, mm-hmm. her daughters, the nieces, have right. like called her and been like, sabotage the date, make it terrible. And she's like, I'm on right. it. Their mom is acting like she's in a Cialis commercial the entire movie. <laughs> oh, I love her. Yeah, me too. But she's over the top in every interaction my favorite dialogue she has in the whole movie is i think in the beginning where she's like i need to come to la more it's so much more fun i never have any excitement and we never go out and her husband's like we own a bar yeah (laughs) and she's like it's a pub they're different it's a pub (laughs) yeah i can't i can't go go dance with a bunch of naked cowboys at a pub and she's she's right i mean it depends on the pub yeah if it's gone through pub party. <laughs> Mikey, I just want to thank you again for joining this podcast. Because <laughs> it's amazing every time. Yeah. Who would have thought that jokes could get this dumb? <laughs> Anyone who's met you. 100%. Yeah. But I'm here for it. I love it. Your calendar better watch out. It's days are numbered. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Paige has her head in her hands. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> she looks legit mad. <laughs> Good lord. All right. So the nep- or the nieces find Nick at his task rabbit job and they take the ladder. <laughs> well, because he's like putting up lights for somebody. Yeah. They take his ladder and they basically are like, Do you love him? It, it, like, tell us the truth or we won't give you the ladder. And he's like, I do, but I don't think it's mutual. And he's on a third date with somebody else. Yeah. Which is realistic. Like, I feel like Nick is being very realistic about what's going on here. Yeah. And he's not trying to interfere. Like, he's not trying to ruin it. For Like, he's not trying to best friends wedding this thing. No, he's being super supportive of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the end of the date where Nick, or I'm sorry, Peter is still talking about Nick. Like, my family always wants us to be together. And he's like, well, maybe they're onto something. Maybe you guys have an undeniable connection. And Peter's like, well, don't you have a best friend that you, like, everyone thinks you should be together? And he's like, no, I don't. Not like what you're describing. Not at all. Yeah. And as they're talking, his boss texts him and is like, can you get more photos? So he actually takes some photos with James, the same kind of, like, shaving cream or whatever. Yeah. And there's a little beat here where it almost seems like he has this understanding that the photos are not the same as the ones he took with Nick, just briefly. I picked up on that, too. I feel like when he had them both blow out and take photos of the steam on their breath or whatever, Mm -hmm. that he was more into it when it was Nick than when it was James. Mm -hmm. And maybe more into it is not the right word, but that's what I said. (laughs) Or he has bad breath. That could be, too. And I have been on a date where that has been a big turnoff. (laughs) Was it a date? 
or was it a group outing that you classified as a date later? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this is post high school. This is actually a date. It was like when I was mm. going through the, yeah, I could probably date a smoker phase. Mm. I think we've all been in that phase. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it depends on what they smoke and how much. Yes. Yeah, it was just straight up cigarettes and a lot. Mm. And mm. I did it for a while and I did not like it. <laughs> so... At this point, James invites him up to his place. Like, this is my house. Do you want to come up? Yeah, this is him shooting a shot. He's shooting a shot. But like right after he talked about like, hey, maybe you and your friend have a thing. I don't know that I would have invited somebody up about that. This is one of the few things I was like, this feels off. Guys would have. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I definitely see what you're saying, Paige. But I feel like every time James brings up Nick, Nick says, no, they're just friends. So I think James at this point feels like he has a shot. Maybe did his due diligence. Yeah, but Nick hasn't seen them at the pageant yet. And I feel like that at the pageant and then when they go out after the pageant and they have that conversation, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. when James is like, okay, you need to be with Nick. I just feel like men in general, straight, gay, anything you want, at the end of the night, they're going to be like, what that St. Nick do? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I think what you mean is what that St. Dick do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think, I think you're in love with your friend. Like, I could straight up see myself going on a date and be like, I think you're in love with your friend, but if you want to hook up still, like, damn girl, I'm down. And then, like, you can go, like, shoot your shot with your friend, too. Like, like whatever. Gotta stuff the stockings or whatever. <laughs> Baby's the best. is the gift that keeps on giving. No. Congratulations. You're one of the lucky 17. <laughs> anyway, so he decides not to come up he's gonna keep working on the pageant that night the responsible decision a responsible decision but he says he's gonna leave him a ticket to the pageant tomorrow yeah the next day i do think this is the right call i mean obviously he he like is in love with nick so it's the right call but i feel like he spent a lot of time with james and he only has 10 days with his family and he should probably spend yeah. more time with his family like yeah i agree so we cut to he gets back to the house that night and his two nieces are asleep in, in his bed. I love that. So he has to climb in with Nick. That is true sabotage right there. And I'm here yep. for it. I loved it. Well, and I don't know. I mean, if you ever have a bunch of family staying at your house at the holidays, this totally happens all oh, yeah. the time. Absolutely. Yep. So he walks into the next room. They high five as he leaves, just like in bed, like fake sleeping. Perfect. Yeah. And he climbs in with Nick and he's like, oh, the girls are in my bed. And he's like, oh, of course they are. And at first it kind of like is awkward, but then they fall asleep and it's kind of fun. Yeah. So we cut to the next morning where the two nieces are dressed up for the pageant and it is bad. It's like too sexy, inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's bad. So they end up having to fix it uh, and they change the Christmas uh, countdown at the front. Yeah. And they have to use the farm to face or farm on my face makeup. Oh, man. Farm to face is still bad, but better. Farm to face is also still bad. Yeah. Anyway, at this point, the nieces confront Peter and are like, we can tell you have feelings for Nick. And we and he's like, do you not want me, me, me to move home? And they're like, no, we do just with Nick. Yeah, and he's Nick like, well, you wouldn't want to move here. And they basically are like, well, do you have feelings? And he's like, yeah, but it's risky. And then they do like a fun Britney dance break. Love it. I love that, too. Like, I was not expecting a dance break in this. Yeah. But I loved it. And I loved when Nick and the boys, like the nephews come up. Join in. They sort Mm -hmm. of like 
know it a little bit and they like a little bit yeah they sort of like play along i loved it it was so cute it was very fun and then the nieces do something that i felt was kind of an overstep but they are teenagers so they probably don't understand the gravity of what they did where they tell nick and they're like by the way he does like you yeah you do have a chance you should shoot your shot and so we cut to they're all wine drunk everyone yeah all the children (laughs) yeah I I i mean it's possible there's a lot of loose bottles of wine I mean, if you put the pieces together, headcanon, their family does own pubs. Yeah. This is true. Oh, that was the totality of your point? I'm just saying maybe alcoholism (laughs) is running rampant in the background of this movie. Yeah, you might be right. Very possible. So we cut to the pageant and it's a little awkward. It's a rocky start. Jennifer Coolidge basically does the pre-show prayer for Madonna's film Truth or Dare. Holy shit, I love that. Because she's she's reading the prayer. And at first I was just like, why is she reading a prayer? And then when she finishes it and it cuts to Peter in the audience, I think, he leans yes. over to James and says, that's Madonna's pre-show prayer to yeah. her Truth or Dare tour. And I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. So we start the pageant and she's dressed as Glinda the, the good, good witch. witch. Yes, I love it. For so no much. reason. <laughs> never explained, never addressed. I have a headcanon for this too. I have a lot of headcanon for What's her. What's your headcanon? What's your headcanon? That she was just the fi- like the angel at the top of the tree, but she was a, a witch. It's not a very good headcanon, okay. but she was dressed like you might <laughs> see like a tree topper, right? Mm. That was my headcanon for that. My headcanon is the same as Kelly Kapoor at Jim and Pam's <laughs> wedding when she wears white. Yeah. And she's like, I look really good in it. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> that's my headcanon. Why are you dressed as Glenda the Good Witch? I look really good in it. <laughs> like That's what it is. I love Mindy Kaling so much. And I quote her all the time, especially with the, I have questions. I have a lot of questions. Like, first off, how dare you? <laughs> first off, how dare you? I say that shit all the time. Oh, man. Uh, and so this play is is bonkers, but it's your it's your standard child nativity fair. Yes, it's terrible. Sort of it like what terrible. I on that bonus episode for the horror virgin where I talked about when mm-hmm. we had to do this as a kid. Like our nativities were on the same level as this one. Speaking of which, I was on the phone with my mom the other day, and she's like, "Do I really have to give you fifteen dollars for that?" No, no. I mean, I mean, but yes, but yes, no. I mean, I will send no. them the links. Your dad used to text me every bonus episode and be like, yo, hit me up with that link. And I would send them to him. So, I mean, if I if I remembered, I would send them the link so they could no, see it's it. Okay. I was like, yeah, I'll get you the link. It's fine. We'll give them a deal. Yeah, listen, I can. Uh, $14. Yeah. Friends and family, uh, 0.5% discount. $25. I do love that they listen. <laughs> They're going to need two separate subscriptions. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, they're flying us all to Germany next winter. Like, I think they can <laughs> afford it, right? Oh, oh, I didn't realize they had confirmed your passage. <laughs> Mikey, uh, did they not reach out to you for your passport information? Da. Yeah, I thought <laughs> Isn't so. Isn't that German for yes? I mean, it's close <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> I only fly in pods. Oh, good luck then, because we're not. We're flying coach ass coach. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a joke. Like Mikey and I are not going. I'm sure it's super expensive still. Okay. Not going yet. Right. I mean, I, there's still time if you guys want to book your own stuff. I guess. Yeah, just tell your dad to send us the credit card information, and we're, uh, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Venmo me, uh, Paige's dad. No. At Todd Awesome on Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god if we crowdfund our way to germany i would love that oh man that'd be hilarious i mean you've got 
like a couple months because you really do have to book these things pretty far Way in advance. advance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But no, unfortunately, Natalie can't go. <laughs> anyway, so we cut to Nick and Peter who are watching from like the kitchen off the side of the performance room. So because that's what made me think it was like a community center because they're in the kitchen and it's got like a window open into the room where the audience is. And so they're watching the play from there. And James basically sees them and they're kind of like cuddled up watching the play. And so the play is over and they start talking like, hey, thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming with me. Make everything better. And Nick basically tells Peter how he feels. He just comes out with it, which I think was great where there was none of this like no one was forced necessarily to tell people how they feel. They chose to tell people how they feel. They had to go out on a limb and do it. Yeah. That the conversation was still kind of awkward, but they get through it. I kind of like that. Yeah. Well, and I did kind of like it does kind of like wrap up the plot points if you like maybe. Yeah weren't paying attention for some of the dates or whatever of like <laughs> i didn't have feelings for you then but when you said this i developed feelings but then it went back and forth and i was like ah yes the whole movie i was definitely paying attention to <laughs> <laughs> well and, and basically what we what we find out is that like nick kind of puts himself out there and peter is like i don't know i'm moving back here because he assumes that Nick doesn't want to move back here. He doesn't ask Nick. No, he never does. He just assumes. Yeah. He never does. And as they're having these conversations, James interrupts. So they're all going out to the sister's bar. Yeah. Well, James invites Nick to go along, right? Yeah. And man, I think Nick does a very good like bow out here because he says, mm -hmm. I'm going to be five or 10 minutes behind you. Yeah. And then just never shows up. Yeah, Which is perfect. what I would have done in that situation. Like if I was going Absolutely. after someone that was dating somebody else, I had just confirmed that I was in love with that person and then they mm -hmm. chose to go out with somebody else. I'd be like, cool. That's a clear sign that they are not choosing me. So I'm going right. to remove myself from the situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Here's what's interesting, though. I think James has already decided that he and Peter shouldn't be together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why he invites Nick. Yeah, I think same. he's just like... Hi, new friends, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. we're all going. Yeah, and I well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what James's plan was, but we know what he eventually tells yeah. Peter. And I don't think there's any reason to believe that he wasn't going to tell both of them that. I think he was. Yeah. I, I think, A, he was going to tell both of them. I also think that he's like, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Like, this clearly wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, James is a good guy. Yeah. Uh, they all go to the bar. Nick goes home and packs. And we cut to the bar where James is like, why does that guy look so familiar? And Peter informs him that that's the snowplow guy who is also a notary and an animal psychic. And he spends all year making up a song for Christmas Eve every year. And he performs it live. Which he is currently doing in this bar. And it's a banger. It's a fucking banger. <laughs> I want that song. It's I'm going to so, look online and see if I can so buy good. it somewhere. I am obsessed with that song. Yeah. And especially because it'd be one thing if he was bad at it, but he's fucking crushing it. Oh, like, yeah. I, I do also love that Peter's like, oh, yeah, his brand is all over the place. <laughs> but I, I love it so much. It is so good. Like... The enthusiasm behind it is like where it needs to be, but it's also like, it sounds great too. Yeah, it does. But I do want his lifetime movie, like a I notary do. snow uh, plow driver who writes one song every year and performs it at Christmas. Like that is amazing. That's a backstory I'm here for. Yeah. What would that Hallmark movie be called? I think it would have to be like, um, cause it has to be about the song, right? 
Mm, one hit tundra. <laughs> wow. Wait, hang on. What if he meets a girl named Christmas and then we can just call it Plowing Christmas? Nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> so while they're sitting in the bar they find out that they all got chosen for the campaign mm-hmm. for the razor company and peter basically tells james like hey you should move to la strike while the iron is hot if that's what you want to do and he basically is like but you're moving back here and he's like oh yeah i, I didn't mean it. and he's like no 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 i think you needed to hear yourself say that you're not factoring me into your plans because we're not a match and that's okay. Yeah. And as that's happening, Jennifer Coolidge gets there and is like, people say the show is so great it should go on tour. It absolutely should not. And also, I'm sure no one said no that. I'm sure that. nobody yeah. said it. I'm sure the bottle of wine she's been making out with <laughs> said it. Anyway, so she picks up a cocktail and tries to hit on James. Uh, and Kathy Najimy has to, like, escort her away. I just wish I was half as confident as she is. Like, Aunt oh, Sandy? Oh, I know, right? Oof. She loves Aunt Sandy, and I'm here for it. Yeah, she loves Aunt Sandy the way Kanye loves Kanye. Oh, and, like, yeah. that's a real strong love. That's it's the kind a of lot. love that lasts a lifetime. Yeah. But back to Peter and James, James is basically like, hey, remember when I asked if you had a connection with Nick that everyone else can see but you? You do, because I saw it today, Yeah, basically. And and he's like, you want to move back here? Don't move back here for me. And you don't need me. You've got enough reasons to move back here on your own. I'm going to do my own thing. Settle your shit with Nick, basically. Yeah. So he runs home to try and catch Nick finds a note that Nick left, thinks Nick has already made his way to the airport, drives after him and finds that Nick has stopped in front of a store on Main Street to take one last task rabbit job. And that job is in an empty storefront. That's like the perfect storefront for a plant store. And we saw Nick go in there and talk to like who I think was the owner, the, the guy who yeah. owned the building for like 35 years. It was his hardware mm-hmm. store or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so we find out as Peter encounters nick there yeah oh this is the part where they review the movie what they're like their feelings back and forth talk kind of yeah i mean it was a little bit before and a little bit here but this is where he kind of is like i rented this place for you to have your plant store that's my gift to you yeah he like literally paid it for six months which is six a lot of money like that would be i would assume a lot of his savings i guessed that for six months that was at least 10 grand or more oh, even in yeah. the small town for six months yeah, yeah. for a storefront yeah. they're more expensive than like rent yeah and he basically is like when i told you i loved you you said you want to move back here you never asked me if i wanted to move here and he's like well i thought you didn't he's like you never asked like i would have told you yeah. basically <laughs> uh and so they decide they are going to move there together which is very sweet. It is very sweet. Well, and they like kiss here too. Like they they have a real yeah. moment. Like this is where I was just sobbing same. uncontrollably. I was, I was so happy. Like <laughs> it's so cute. I loved it so much. Uh, and we cut to the house where they're opening presents the next day. And he has the two little nephews, the ones that really love his first book, open essentially his notes for the new book so that they can give him notes on the sequel. And at the end, it basically says that he and Uncle Peter are moving to New Hampshire together with Emmett the dog. 
and they're all coming together and everyone's so happy and this is the best Christmas present ever. Yeah. So much, so much crying. Yeah. And you think that's the end of the movie, but then we are treated to a full length performance of Snowplow Man's song (laughs) with Jennifer Coolidge dancing on stage with him. The implication being that they end up together at the end. And and that's that's the the movie. So having seen Single All the Way and having talked about it, what do you guys think about the movie? I loved it. This was so, so, so sweet. I liked it so much better than Happiest Season, which I know you shouldn't just uh, compare the two, but I was like, right. everything Happiest Season did wrong, this movie did right in a way for me. Well, with your Christmas movie, you want happiness, not yes. just the word in the title, but also a movie that makes you feel happy. Well, and also from the standpoint of e- even just from a romantic movie, it did a lot of great things where like no one was really the villain. No one was mean. It was just the yeah. complications of figuring out what you want and where you want to be. And I really, really, really liked that. So I, I liked it a lot. I'll compare it to the other Hallmark movie with gay characters that I've seen, which I think is two or three. Hmm. Uh, this is definitely the best version of that. It's nothing like Happiest Season. Yeah, I feel like in Happiest Season, she ends up with the wrong girl. She does. The reason I end up comparing them is we've got two very similar, like essentially a couple coming home to meet the family. It's a little bit different in Happiest Season because you have the whole coming out element of it. Yeah. But again, everything that I disliked about Happiest Season this movie didn't have and in fact replaced it with things that had more heart and were a lot more fun. Agree. Yeah. And the fact that they were gay was not a a plot point. It was just who they were. It was just who they were. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot as well. This is definitely a movie I'd watch more. I thought it was great. Absolutely. Yeah. So Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Honestly, no. There is not much about this movie other than the fact that it was filmed at the same time in the same place as the new Home Alone reboot. Oh. And their apartment in Los Angeles would cost about $3,000 a month. That's actually not as bad as I thought. No, it's actually not bad. Um, But it's because it's a two, it's a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. Not like a condo. So anywhere from 2,500 to 3,000, depending on where exactly in the city they live. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think they're still together? I do. I do. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I mean, they've been together for eight years already, you know, that's true. Well, this is normally when I would do box office, but this is like a straight to Netflix release. So there is no box office for this movie. Are we skipping all the way to the review? I think we are. Well, no, because this week Paige made us watch single all the way. And yes. next week is my week. And it's also the last week of December. I think the episode comes out the 30th of December. So I, I'm continuing with Christmas movies if that's still cool, right? Because it's still the season. Yeah. yeah. So I picked another Netflix movie that I watched the first, I don't know, hour of and then got busy working so I couldn't finish it. But I really liked the first hour of it. And that movie is Love Hard. Aww. I liked that. Okay. I'm excited about Did that. Did you? Nice. So your homework for next week is to watch Love Hard and then tune in the day before New Year's Eve for that Mm -hmm. episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes. All right. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to (laughs) reread. I'm going to read Doc Tracy's. Trancy's. Doc Trancy's. All right. Well, what does Doc have to say? A fun listen. After hearing about this pod on the horror virgin, I finally caved and started listening to this one. Well, thank you for giving in. I'm loving this one as well, and I don't like the romance genre at all. Ooh, oh no. I forgot. I should I should have vetted this review. The last sentence being, also love Todd's voice as well. Why, thank you, Doc. I appreciate <laughs> the love. 
Five stars. Uh, which I'm assuming are all for my voice, and I appreciate that, Doc. Doc, you might want you might want to get checked out. I'm honestly shocked that you read this review because of that last line. <laughs> I it was a mistake. Clearly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review, Doc. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, make sure you talk about how great my voice is and leave us a five-star review. Nice. I guess the trick is to, if you're gonna compliment me, put it at the bottom of the message because he's not gonna proofread it. And he'll get all the way through it and have to continue it. Yep. 100%. I love it. It's a foolproof plan. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. Christmas pleasion. <laughs> Pringles, baby. <laughs> You're my Christmas cookie now. Oh, Mikey, I thought you were going to say, I'm your present now. Oh. oh. <laughs> Bye. Also, like, Merry Christmas. Like, this is coming yeah. out right before Christmas. Like, this comes out the 23rd. So, Merry Christmas Eve, Eve. Have a great Christmas. Christmas. Merry Love Christmas. you all. We'll see you in a week. And remember, don't put the elf on the shelf in your house. Don't fucking trust the fae. You're Never welcome. trust the fae. Never trust or the fae. Or anything that floats. And don't prepare your children for the police state. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>